welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we discuss all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm your host, Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Adam Mackey and Jesse Radfink. And today, I want to hear what Adam has been up to. What's in your clamps? Well, uh, I've had two things. So I finally bought my powder coating gun and lots of things to go with it. So powder coating guns on its way. I bought a spray booth, like a pop-up, one of those like tents. You know, like in your car, you get those things where like you fold it and like push it together, like into a circle. It's like one of those because they got, (coughs) excuse me, sorry. Um, The brand that I got do one that's a little bit bigger, which I would have preferred but it's like a tent, how you got to put all the tent poles together. And I'm like, that's just really annoying to get out all the time. And really, I can't really spray anything bigger than what fits in the little oven that I've got anyway. So I don't really need a big one. I can always upgrade later if I buy a proper oven. So I have one of those floppy out things as a beach like thing for my kids. Yeah, so do we. Yeah. And that's where I would be like, that makes perfect sense to me. As like well, the only so the only reason why I didn't go down the route of using that is because it doesn't have a floor. Mm. Oh, mine does. And the one, okay, well, mine does. Yeah, ours doesn't. Ah. You sit on the sand. Um, and yeah, because I wanted to have a floor because I want to hopefully, if I can contain everything into that booth, I can recycle the powder that isn't used. Whereas you can, you can recycle power powder. It's best to use virgin powder, which is like not been sprayed before. But the 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 issue isn't. Um, that the powder has been sprayed, the, the issue is that there could be contaminants. So if I yeah. use the spray booth, so if I use a spray booth, I should hopefully be able to try and get stuff out, at least at least enough where I can put it into like a container if I need it, like if I run out and I just need a quick backup. Yeah, I, I, I think in going through this, you should definitely talk with uh, staff from Uncommon, Outpost, uh, or uh, Chad from Mancrafting. They both have a ton of powder coating experience and could tell you whether or not that's a, and like the big thing about contaminants, it's that it's not that even like the powder coating won't be that great. It's that it can ruin your gun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay. Yeah. So my powder coating didn't work great. Yeah. But then on top of that, you also ruin your gun. So now all of a sudden you have a shitty powder coat and you can't do it again. There is from what, from the research I've done, there is ways that you can like, um, like sift and filter out the yeah. powder to get rid of all the contaminants and stuff. But I mean, as I said, it would be like a last resort if I like if I just need that little bit and don't want to order more. I've ordered two colors, just black and gold, um, for now, just to get me through because that's what I need for the bike that I'm doing now. Um, and the stupidest thing, right? So like this company that I bought the powder from is on eBay, and the price on eBay is like a one kilogram bag of powder was. Like 55 bucks plus 10 bucks for postage. Whereas I bought two colors from their website for $33 each and $7 combined postage. Why is it more expensive on eBay? It makes no sense to me. eBay preys on dumb people who do not price shop around. (laughs) I know, right? It's literally like on their, like their, their post is literally go to our website for more colors. And that's where I bought it from. Like because it's always going to be more expensive on eBay because eBay charges to be on eBay. Yes and no. So I got um, I got a tap and die set. 
Well, I've got a tap and die set today, and it's a Vever Vever brand, whatever, however you pronounce it. One hundred and ten yep. piece, one hundred and ten dollars on their website on sale. I got it on eBay for seventy nine ninety nine delivered with free postage, free express post. Great. So not so everything's Viv- more expensive. Vivor is a weird one because they have like resellers and stuff. Yeah, like they, have a, they have a really weird model because like I've worked yeah, with them in the past and. It's just like you'll have multiple people contacting you who work for work for Vivo. They have a vivor.com yeah. what you know email address and they'll be contacting you and you'll be like, "Well, I'm already working with you." Like they've literally sent me uh, an email saying, "We'd love to work with you. I saw your video where you did the Vivor forge." And I was like, "Yeah, you sent me the forge. There's a link in there to your <laughs> website. That's an affiliate link. Like what do you want?" Yeah. Right? Like Obviously, like they don't well, I, talk. They, they they have multiple people, and they're not talking to each other. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I actually went on their website and messaged them and said, "Hey, like, do you have a list of like the drill bit guide? Because I don't know what drill bit size I'm supposed to use for each tap." Um, and he's like, "Oh, what's your order number?" I said, "Well, no, I bought it through eBay through one of your resellers." He's like, "Yeah, but what's the order number?" And I sent him the order number. He goes, "No, I need the actual Vivor number." I said, well, "I don't have one. Like, I didn't. I just sold you. I bought through eBay. Like, stupid." But I don't know. Yeah, so I'm excited for the powder coating. And I had to buy a um, water separator for my air compressor as well mm-hmm. to go with the powder coating. But yeah. And then the only other thing, so I've really been getting into BMX riding and my son is up to my bike size now as well. So we both yeah. like want to go to the skate park and stuff. So I wanted to get bike racks for the top of my car so I can put the bikes on the roof and looking everywhere. And I got two bike racks off eBay there was they were up for sale. They're worth two hundred and fifty bucks each, brand new. They're not brand new, but there was no bids. Starting bid ten dollars, and I won for ten dollars. Like literally, nice. not one person bid, and it was local pickup. And they had three available, and I was like, I was thought when I get there, I'll say, hey, can I buy another one for ten bucks as well? I get there, and she goes, you can take two or three, whatever you want for the ten bucks. I'm like. Oh, literally like the score of a century. Like I got 500 bucks worth of bike racks for $10. That's sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Unexpected, but good. So unexpected. So good. Funny thing is that I spent like the whole day beforehand making bike racks (laughs) like myself. And I was like, (laughs) this works. Well, no, I had, um, cause I've got a bike rack behind us where like we store the bikes and I had two leftover like hoop parts I was like, I'm just going to bolt that to my roof racks and then I just need to strap it on the back roof rack. And then I was like, I'm not really 100% happy with it. If I could get, like, it'll do me until I can get mm-hmm. proper bike racks. And then, like, I looked on eBay and these ones came up and I'm like, okay, that's easy. But Nice. So, yeah. Uh, so, as far as what's in my clamps this week, we finally got snow and we got, like, two to three feet of snow in a week. Um, so I'm just tired a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dogs have been having a great time, but I cannot keep up with them and it. it's way too deep now. So I have been doing digital making only this week just because I'm like so tired. I haven't done anything else. Dreamlight Valley, the Disney game came out with a update on December 5th, I think. And I have been playing it again since then. And I removed everything from my valley uh, and everything from the 
other DLC valley and I'm trying to redecorate. I'm really bad at it and I'm kind of regretting moving everything, <laughs> but we'll see if it goes well. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, oh, there's so much like just gathering of resources to like craft everything to make things look nice. So I sort of got in over my head and I'll probably be doing this until winter is over now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I hear you with the fight with snow because that was half the reason why I've done nothing is we got uh, a foot and a half of snow here in Ottawa. Ooh. We had like nothing. And then it like, of course, dumps like, like it always does. It's just, it's at least it's been very recently. We only get dumps of snow. It used yeah. to be like, you get like a little bit of snow every once in a while. Even sometimes it wasn't enough snow that the plow would even come by. And now it seems like, oh, we get like a foot of snow every time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, 30 centimeters of snow, depending on where you live. Uh, it's weird. Like I, And I know this is like a weird Canadian thing, but like there's certain things that I measure in uh, stupid units. And there's certain things that I measure in smart units. Metric. And it mm-hmm. just depends. Um, and I'll let you guys figure out which ones are which. Uh, yeah, no. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. The, the uh, the other thing I've been I, I got is some new chairs, which I'm very excited about. They're orange and they look nice, and they're kind of I don't know if they're like exactly mid century modern, but that's what they kind of feel like to me. Uh, but they really highlight the fact that I have uh, I have the the side table in my living room is something I pulled from the trash when I was in university. <laughs> Which is from the year 2003. So 20 years ago, I pulled something from the trash and it's still in my house. And I have four of them and they're in my house. Four of them. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause you could stack, <laughs> you put them together and now they're a coffee table in the center. Oh, it's one or, of those. Right. Okay. Or no, it's not. That's just, we found four of them and that's what we oh. did with them for a bit. See, I've seen sets and, like that where they like nest and you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. They weren't nesting. No, nope. they were just, you, we just used them as a coffee table. You had four together in the center. And then as people left, they kind of had, they took them and they, or used them as a, uh, anyways, I got four of them. I'm, I'm really close to being out of uh, furniture from when I was in university, which is crazy, but this is one of the last remaining things. They're not nice, but they work. Uh, so it really has highlighted how shitty they are sitting next to the brand new chairs. I bet. So I need to get working on that. <laughs> yeah. And they're like 1980s, like, you know, that like oak, like veneer oak furniture just from the chunky. 80s that just, yeah. it Like, it wasn't like super nice when it was first made. So anyways, uh, the other thing that's been really frustrating me is uh, I've been... Since as long as I can remember, I've been using BlackBerry Inbox as my email client because oh. it allows you to see uh, all of your sent and uh, received email in one spot for all of your mailboxes. And no no other client allows you to see inbox like out and sent in one spot. Like they all have like really? almost every, everything oh, else. You have to go it. to like a sent oh. a sent sent folder to see the scent. Unless uh. you're in conver- conversation view, which I f- can hate. Conversation view is the bane of my existence. I want to see each and every email because sometimes they link conversations. I'm like, there was like trees. And s- Anyways, 
I like to see every single email. Blackberry That's, inbox. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, so first of all, you're very weird for wanting to see the sense and received in That's one spot. Clearly um, not, because all the app that I I just use the Samsung email app, and you can you can do all like all accounts, but you can't. I don't I don't know if you can do sense and receive together. But I would never want to. I don't really I send do. many emails though, so I guess so. The reason I want the sent emails in one spot is because I like to verify I've sent something. And yeah, I so also just go like to follow form. up on – no, but like if I just open up my email, I want to see the the whole co- – uh, anyways, I have my own reasons. It doesn't really matter. It's what I prefer. <laughs> and there's other people on the internet who also are like me, and they've all been having problems since Android 13 came out. And the only reason I even have Android 13 is that my phone's battery died, and when I started back up, it had installed Android 13 on my phone even though I hadn't <laughs> – downloaded it i was like how did you do this anyways because i don't like auto updates i refuse to be part of that thing so now it's it's broken and that is something that's been really frustrating because i I think it's a problem with uh with ads because i've had a similar problem with another with textra which is the email app that i use and i i was actually able to talk with the developer and they were like there's a there's an ad that pops up that is a single pixel and it crashes oh. our program, but they have like it's part of like a you know a ten thousand plus ad thing. Like mm-hmm. they don't know what it is. There's none. They don't have enough data to figure it out. Anyways, it's frustrating because that. But they've Textra fixed it, and BlackBerry, if if you don't know, is pretty much done. Uh, so I've been looking for if anyone out there can point me to an email app. That unless we see all of them, including the sent folder, and like with the BlackBerry inbox, you can also add in like Discord and Facebook messages, Instagram. Oh, you can add yeah. everything. You can add your call log. You can have all of your messages in one spot. I don't do that. Hmm. I'm not that crazy. But there are I people. I think I'd who never like check them again. I'd just be like, no, I can't. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, how many unread emails do you have? Uh, let me look. Zero. Eighty-seven. Oh my Two. God. Zero. So my unread emails delete them as they come in. An unread email to me is something I need to action. Meaning I need to reply to it. Right. So if it's an unread email, it means I have to do something. Yeah, I I manage my work accounts. Like I'm on top of those, but my personal account, there's just so much shit that I get. I just gave up trying. Like every now and then, like every couple months I go through and I clear stuff and I take myself off of lists and shit. But I just I can't do it every day. I don't know why. So I I'm probably I call Grant weird, but then I refuse to go on and remove myself from lists because I like to get that email because I know like certain times <laughs> of the day I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get this certain email just to make sure that my email is updating and working and downloading them properly and everything. I don't know why. I just <laughs> You need to bad. go to rehab oh, for notifications. Mate. Yeah. yeah. I need to go to rehab for a lot of things. <laughs> so, yeah, that I think that's way, way weirder. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, so what's happening right now, I can read all of my emails. I cannot reply to emails. Mm-hmm. As soon as I open up the reply and I, and I try to, like, type something, it just crashes. And I've if I delete the app and reinstall it, it fixes it for a couple days. 
It's very frustrating. But yeah. all that to say, this weekend I had grandiose plans. My son was going to do a sleepover at my mother-in-law's house. One of my sons was going to do a sleepover at my mother-in-law's house. So we were going to have just one kid in the house with two parents. You know, that, you know, that ratio makes it so you can actually get something done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's good. it was going to be great. Getting rid of one kid is like a literal holiday. <laughs> yeah. Like, it seriously is. It really is. Wow. Like yeah. parents parents out there with two kids will understand. Get it? Like we got, we had rid of one of our sons the other day. It was amazing. Like we had an amazing couple of days. Like no fighting, nothing. It was just so good. Right. Yeah. Because it's just like you, you're they're either fighting over whatever toys or you're split up. Where you're both having yeah. to deal with one of them, right? It's very mm-hmm. infrequent that you can get like one person's able to do something for more than like thirty minutes. Yeah. So only having one, you can just concentrate on the one. It's great. So we were, and I was like, so in the morning, uh, you know, he the sleepover happened in the morning. Got up, I was playing with the kids so that my wife could do whatever she needed to do around the house. And I was like, I'm gonna have the whole afternoon. He's gonna go down for a nap. It's gonna be great. So I went to go have a shower after lunch. I get in the shower. I'm having the shower. I'm thinking about like all the fun things I'm going to do. And I get a knock on the on the bathroom door. And I'm like, that's oh, no. weird. And my wife was like, the kitchen sink is overflowing. I'm like, oh. oh. So my shower drains into the same drain as my kitchen sink, which is like legally okay, but clearly not great. Uh, and... The the my shower water had all come up. There there was a clog, and so I spent like the afternoon dealing with this clog instead of dealing with the, all the things that I had been planning. I don't even know what I was planning. This is how much my like brain <laughs> changed. <laughs> as soon as this happened, I was like, I shut off. You know, I was luckily I was like done the shower. I wasn't like halfway through, like still all soaped up or anything. I was like in the planning phases of my shower, but uh, you know, it's really frustrating that I had planned, you know, the, the first day that he was away, I did, I was dealing with the foot and a half of snow. The second day I was dealing with the plumbing problems. I'm like my entire weekend, the end of it, I said, I got nothing done. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just, I don't know, like depressed isn't the right word, but I wasn't happy about it. Right. I was just like, frustrated with my lack of progress on anything and you know that was something i wanted to talk to you guys about like how do you deal with the unplanned stuff like how do you like what do you do to throughout your life to make sure that it doesn't uproot you so much that you have a little mental breakdown and like go into asylum like well you know as an adult now for quite a while (laughs) almost or well, I guess, yeah, 20 years of being an adult. I don't think that there is much that you can prepare yourself for, honestly. Like, you can try to save money, maybe. Not if you live in the United States, probably. <laughs> but, you know, like, you can try to do things. But I think for me, it's more important how you react to the issue, whatever has caused you the problem. And I just, I don't know, I just try to let it roll off my back and just keep going because you can't do anything about it, really. Like, it has to be addressed, and it's just 
that's just the way I've always dealt with it. It's just sort of like, well, just don't break down crying or start cussing a lot. <laughs> just like focus and get your stuff done. I don't know. If I knew we were going to start this with a therapy session, <laughs> I would have suggested a different topic um, because I would be going to that asylum. I, <laughs> my, I, I have a big issue with anxiety. I, I mean, I'm getting, I'm on tablets for it and I'm getting treatment and stuff. But the thing is that like, I am very, uh, I want to say organized in a way. I mean, I'm a bit messy and stuff, but like, I am like, I'm the person that like makes an entire, like, I have a list on my phone every fortnight of what my bills are. And then like I check them off and I, before I get paid, I total up how much I've got to spend on bills and then look at my pay slip and how much money I've got left over and all this stuff. And like, I've always said like, yes, it sucks renting a house because I can't do whatever I want. But like my, my best friend literally a couple of months ago, got an email or message or however they bank contacts them saying, Oh, by the way, your mortgage is going up 250 bucks a week. That would kill me. Like my anxiety would go through the roof. I could not imagine just getting told, Oh, by the way, next week your rent's going up 250 bucks. Well, they don't live in the States cause that's what happens. But, uh, <laughs> no, but like, so you seem like a person who would like a fixed rate mortgage, which is what mm-hmm. I like to, I like every month it's the same. There's a lot of people who are like variable rates the way to go because in the last 20 years, a variable rate mortgage would have paid less money Yeah, than a fixed rate. But until 2021, when all of a sudden it wouldn't, (laughs) Uh, you know, it all depends like when you get your mortgage and what happens with it. But I like, I like consistency. And What's- it's probably why yeah. I like having a steady job. I enjoy, uh, like that's that's one of the ways I guess I plan for the unplanned yeah. is by having a steady paycheck with a steady employer gives me that, and I hundred percent get all these people who are like hate their job and want out of it, and they're willing to deal with the fluctuations of that. That it because. I'll never be rich working in the government. It's just an impossibility. But I'll never be poor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that and I guess like it, it just like thinks like I think about like and I know it's like my little man crush, Brian House. And I get like <laughs> he's doing big things. And you know, I think about that and I go, like, I could, I am capable of doing that. But my risk tolerance is so <laughs> Much different because I'm a, I'm also at a different stage in in life, right? Your risk tolerance changes as you like. I had a higher risk tolerance when I didn't have kids than I do now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have dependents. Yeah, but so like my so the same best mate had a job where he got paid. I don't know exactly, but around about like 140 grand a year or whatever. And his wife is on about the same. So they earn good money. And he's decided, he's decided, I actually really want to trade. So he has now gone into an apprenticeship, quitting his original job, gone in to be an apprentice for four years. And literally, like, he's lost half of his wage. And at the end of his four years, he'll be lucky to earn what he is now. And that will be the top. Whereas, like, where he was. Before was the bottom, so like he could move up, but like so he won't ever earn if he stays in that job, he will never earn more 
than what he was earning before. And like just like they work it out. They sat down. They're like, all right, this is our bills. Like if we get rid of this, this, and this, like we'll be fine. We can afford everything. Like they're going to be living like my wife and I do now, like week to week. But they like to to me like him him losing all that money per pay was stressing me out and it's not, it's got nothing to do with me. And he's like, all fine and dandy. Like, yeah, we'll work it out. We'll get through. So there's a, like a Kurt Vonnegut quote where uh, he's talking about like, you know, there's all these people have, he's at some sort of like retreat or something with a whole bunch of really rich people. Mm. And they're asking him like, Oh, you know, don't you want to make more money? Don't you want to do more stuff? And he's like, well, I have something they don't have. All these rich people. The person says, well, what, what do you have that they don't have? And he says, I have enough. Mm. I've right? heard that quote before, actually. Now you say that. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful to understand what, like, the money isn't the thing that actually drives people. And I know this is like a super tangent and it could be an entire topic on its own <laughs> because it's something I'm really passionate about. Money doesn't drive people as much as like, I, I know people think it does and maybe it drives a few people, but in reality, the money isn't what drives people. Yeah. Right. That number value doesn't like actually make people work harder. Right. It might for a little bit, but it won't forever. Right. People get yeah. very bored. Yeah. Like yeah. there are so many things you could do to make money that are so boring or yeah. demeaning or whatever it is like that, that money doesn't actually make it worthwhile. So if you find something that makes a little bit less money or makes you happy, right? If you want to go in the trades, you want to make something, you want to become a, a YouTuber, whatever you want to do and potentially make good money, potentially make a living, you know, go for it. If you have the risk profile to allow you to think of that, <laughs> you know, planned, like you're okay with that, with that fluctuation in life. Yeah. And I am not. And that is why I stopped working on my own business because it, it dawned <laughs> on me that like, oh no, I want to be sure of the amount of money that's coming in and how hard I have to work for said money. <laughs> like it just, yeah, it's too much, but Oh, did you want to say something? <laughs> I was going to say this is a lot of people talk about like work and everything we do is work. And it's something like Al from Al Tack Shack on the fools with tools podcast. He's talked about like everything is work. Everything you do is work, right? It's whether or not that work is compensated or not. Doesn't change whether or not it's work, right? It's what it, and this is where like spending time with your family is work, right? It takes mental effort. It takes time. It takes like, you know, like maybe sleeping isn't work, but everything else is pretty much work. You know what I mean? And everyone has a value to everything they do and whether or not that it is valuable to them is, is why they figure it out. Right. So when you talk about you wanted that steady paycheck, it, it's not, uh, you know, it, you didn't want to know how much effort you got in to get paid. You just wanted to make sure that if you put in so much that you wouldn't starve and you, you probably looked at it and went, if I put in 80 hours a week, I'm still starving. 
Yeah. It's probably not worth much. it. <laughs> yeah. So kind of off of the money topic, I wanted to mm-hmm. ask y'all how you react depending if it's just you or you with other people. Because I have very distinct reactions when I have a problem. <laughs> when I am with other people, I'm the problem solver. I'm going to fix this shit and we're going to make fun about it. We're going to like laugh about it. We're going to try to all be in an okay mood. But if it's just me, end of the fucking world <laughs> until I like think it through and calm down. Are y'all like that? Or do you have the same approach all the time? So I, if it's, if it's someone else's problem, I can solve it. So if it's external, I can almost, I can always see a solution in someone else's problem. Almost always. Right. And I think, or at least I can help them find a solution and I can calm them down. So even if I'm by myself and I come across something like it's not end of the world for me, I think I react. I got like, I got to think about like time. I react poorly to a lot of stuff. I think I will react. The poorest that I react is when someone is making a decision for me. And they think it's in a good, it's good for me, but I don't think it's good for me. And so that's the like, like they're like, wow, you know, we changed our flight because we thought, you know, that would be a better time for you. And I'm like, well, no, I picked that particular flight for this, you know, all these reasons. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those are the things. Like that's the goddamn end of the world. I just want to like lose it on that person because they thought they were doing something good for me, and, and they wanted like a high five for it. I'm like, I, you're gonna get a punch in the face for it. That's what you're gonna get. Like, so this is me reacting badly. Uh, I don't generally punch people in the face. Generally. Uh, well, no, I really. Really change your flight time. I haven't, I haven't punched someone in the face in a long time, but the, you know, so that's how I, I don't, I don't think it changes much, but I feel like if other people are around, I'm better at seeing solutions for Mm -hmm. sure. I think, I think I'm definitely better at helping other people than myself. Like if it, if it's an issue that I solely have to fix the problem of, I get really stressed out and anxious. Or if it's something that like my wife and I need to work out together, I'm always like to her, everything will be fine. You know, it'll work itself yeah. out. We'll work it out, you know. But if it's solely on me to fix the issue, that's where I get worried. Um, mm-hmm. Talking of that reminded me, have you guys seen the show 911? No. I don't. There's so many no. cop and like emergency yeah. shows. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've seen well, I did, Reno I just started, 911. Yep, yeah, so I. I love that too. <laughs> I've just started watching it. It's one of those like criminal mind sort of shows. Oh, anyway, okay. the, there's a the dispatcher is on there and everything. And the dispatcher's mum ran away. She's got dementia and everything. Ran away from home. And she's stressing out. And the guy says to her, I can't remember the exact quote, but like along the lines of, because she's like, I've dealt with so many different emergencies and never had like so much issue coping with it. And he's like, it's all different until it's your emergency. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess that that brings me back to the time that a car caught fire at a gas pump. So I, there was like a, a gas, the gas pump near, like the gas station near my house, uh, had run out of regular gas, and so was giving premium gas for regular gas prices. So I got home and I was like, "Oh, this is so like I was like seventeen. I was like, "Yeah, it's all my parents." And my parents had a friend there, uh, Bernie, and he had a. Uh, Chrysler Sebring 
coupe when that was like a cool car to have, like in 1997. Uh, and he was like, go fill my car up. And he throws me the keys. And like as a kid, a 17-year-old car kid getting to drive like a brand new awesome, you know, awesome car. I was like, yeah. So I get in the car and I drive it over. And I'm filling up the car. And a guy says, your car's on fire. And I was like, just like, it's not my car, right? Like, I'm just filling it up, right? I'm, I'm so confused. Like, I don't know what to do. So uh, I just freeze. Like, I think I put, like, the gas cap, the gas away, and the car is leaking fire right beside the gas pump. <laughs> Jesus. God. Because it was like like a bunch of, it was an electrical fire and a bunch of like the plastic had melted and it was like leaking down plastic that had, was on fire. And I was I didn't know what to do. This is where like you know, you, you can't plan well, you can plan for the unplanned. Anyways, you should have been I should have known what to do. I should have thought it through, but I was young. So that guy took control of the situation. And he said, If you can move the car, move the car. So I got in the car. Started up, was able to drive it backwards uh, out of the gas station area, like to the parking lot area behind it. Uh, and then he said, then I get out of it. And he's like, grab the fire extinguisher, put the fire out. Right. So I was like, yeah, run over it. Like he didn't like give me like super like, you know, step by step, take five steps this way. No, like he's just like very simple. Like, go do that. Go do that. Go do that. So I put the, got the fire extinguisher, put the car out. Pop the hood, which you're you're not. If there's a fire under the engine hood, you shouldn't pop the hood because that you're introducing a bunch of air and it can. Yep, anyway, so I popped the hood. I put the I got the fire extinguisher. So and then uh, you know put it out and I was able to drive the car home and whatever. But uh, I always remember. So I used the fire extinguisher at a gas station. I went in to pay and. Because it's back before pay at the pump. I go in and pay and, and let the guy know, like, I just used your fire extinguisher. There's a car. You know, my car caught fire. And the, you know, the 16-year-old kid running that thing said, okay. And that was the he end of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. He did not give a shit. I don't, <laughs> nothing. And I was like, like, uh, so I just, and I was like, I just left the fire extinguisher, like, on the ground. Because, like, it's been used. It needs to be, like, refilled, recharged, replaced, whatever. Right? It's a gas station. You need to have fire extinguishers. Uh, and he was like, okay. And then I left. No exchanging of numbers, nothing. And I just went, like, this is... <laughs> I felt wrong about leaving. But I was like, I don't know what else to say. So I just left. <laughs> Honestly, I am just super impressed that an adult showed up to the I need yeah. an adult situation. Like, that never happens. It's so nice that he was there to just give wise words of what to do. Yeah, that's amazing. Right. Yeah, just some random adult was was pumping gas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. God. But, so, I in Kingston, uh, there's a big military population uh, because we have the, we have a base, and that's where I grew up, Kingston. We have a base, and we have the uh, like the our Royal Military College, which is like your guys West Point, America's West okay. Point. I don't know if Australia has a a university for military people, but yeah, uh, the other thing we have is that Kingston has uh, at the time I think it had seven penitentiaries. Oh uh, wow! 
So that was it was either a guy who knew what to do because of his military training or knew what to do because of his he was a convict. But uh, it does make me think about uh, a military saying that I've heard before based on my current work is like plans are only a, only good until first contact with the enemy. And so when thinking about like, you know, dealing with the unplanned stuff, like you can make all the plans you want, but until you, until you reach that thing, you have no clue how that's going to react. Right. Mm-hmm. And they all have, you know, in dealing like, this is like something, if you're dealing with customers, you're trying to negotiate a price. Like you could try to think what they're going to say, but you don't know till you've actually talked to them. Yep. Right. So plans are only good until first contact with the enemy. You guys got any anecdotes we, to go along with that? We talk about this a lot at work. So we go through a lot of training with like emergency response and stuff. Like I'm fire trained um, and dealing with emergencies and all that sort of stuff. And it's all good and well that we have a protocol. But as everyone says, you don't know how anyone is going to react until that adrenaline kicks in. Yep. You right. might have a guideline of exactly what you're supposed to do. But until you actually are in that situation, you don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Well, in those like emergency situations, that's why they do drills. That's why they do drills yeah. over and over. Which and I think like, is stupid. So, but it, the reason they do it is so that when that emergency happens, you don't freeze up like I did at the gas pump. Yeah. Right. You go, oh, fire extinguisher. That makes sense. That's a smart thing to do. Right. I, <laughs> I don't know because it's it's just the sort of issue that I always deal with is my brain going completely blank. I mean, <laughs> y'all have seen it in action where I'm like, <laughs> we're talking about something I know and I'm so nervous I can't like come up with any words that make sense. And so I I always feel for people <laughs> like me because you can be super prepared and think you know what's going on. And then in your panic or whatever, all of that knowledge <laughs> can just disappear. And I've definitely had times where I turned into a robot. I knew what I needed to do and I did it. But there's so many times where it's just like what happens is so unexpected that it just <laughs> makes my brain stop working. Fair. Yeah, I do think it's really hard to like, you know, plan for the worst case scenario. But I think it's always like it's always a good idea to like think about the worst case scenario and what could happen, and you know, plan for that. And you'll always like, ha- you know, come out ahead. But I don't think like thinking about myself. I don't think I know what the worst case scenario. Like, there's no way that I ever thought my kitchen sink would be overflowing because I was having a shower. Yeah. <laughs> And the the crazy thing, like if my wife wasn't home, like if she had just left for the day and I was in there having a shower all by myself, like I wasn't done. I was going to like spend like, I was like getting ready for one of those long, like, you know, long time showers. I would have come home. I would have come downstairs and I may not even have gone into the kitchen. So Mm. I may not even have noticed it. Yeah. And it would have been an insane thing to deal with. Like, Ten hours later, yeah, a full-on flood. Ugh. Yeah, like, like if she wasn't like sitting right beside it, and it's funny. She even told me like she heard like a noise, like a weird noise, and she's like, you know, whatever. Like didn't think too twice about it until she heard like dripping water. Yeah. So she must have heard like the gurgling up of the like sink Probably. when it started to, and then later, you know, because like a shower puts out a lot of 
water. Anyways, good times. Oh, I hate flooding. <laughs> it's just, I, oh. God, the last apartment that Tyler and I lived in, in Louisville, uh, uh, our upstairs neighbor overflowed their toilet, uh, blocked it. All of that water burst through my kitchen ceiling and went all over Ew. my kitchen. Ew. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Living in apartments that is great. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like an appropriate way to build an apartment. But. Well, so this was from 1896. I think it was mm. it was one of the original like houses in Old Louisville. So they didn't really do anything the way that we do now. It probably in 1896 didn't have a toilet. Probably and they put yes. it in later. And so they connected it the same way that I put my shower over. Like my shower is over my kitchen. My toilet's not. My shower's over my kitchen. That's why I connected into the kitchen sink. Like, but like thinking about like when I was doing it, I talked to like me and my dad did it. I said, you know, hair is going to get caught because that's what happens. Like not my hair, but my wife has nice, long, beautiful hair. Uh, It's going to get caught in the, in the shower. And you know, as much as you try and like screen it out with like a little thing on the, Mm -hmm. it's going to get through there. And then grease is going to combine with that hair. It's not going to be a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be, it's going to be bad. And you uh, said, "Ah, don't worry about it." But I definitely should have worried about it. And I got to. So it's your dad's know, fault. Think, oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Same reason why my kitchen tiles <laughs> are all blame. fucked up. <laughs> so I did my kitchen tiles. I redid the whole kitchen. It originally had like when we moved in, it had pink tiles. Oh. We redid them with these 12 by 24 black tiles that look really nice. And while we're doing it, we started off and he's not back buttering the tiles. And I told my dad, like, just like, why aren't you back buttering it? Like I've watched enough Mike home, like homes on homes and like renovation disaster. And it's like, everyone says back butter the tires. So he's like, oh, we don't need to back butter the tires. I've done lots of tiles. I've never back buttered. So uh, all of my tiles are loose. All of them. None of them are fucking... <laughs> There's not a single tile that's attached to the fucking floor. All the grout's coming up. My socks get caught on the grout all the time. It's so fucking frustrating. When we were done, though, you could slide a quarter across the tiles. It was beautiful. Like, I have a picture where, like, it looked fucking slick. Because we use those, like, like, you know, anyways, fuck it. It's his fault. He wouldn't fucking back butter it. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to come back and redo the whole thing. So our um, our ensuite shower is above, just outside our living room. I don't know what you would actually call the room where it is. It's like the entryway kind of, but it's closer to, I don't know. Anyway, if if you block the drain, which it took me so long to work this out. If you block the drain, so like if my kids are having a share and they sit on the ground and block the drain, the water gets underneath the door and into the roof. And we literally came downstairs to water pouring out the roof, right? It rotted the, the drip rock enough to seep through. And it was like a waterfall. And we called the real estate. They kept got someone out. They couldn't work out what the issue was. They sealed up around the shower and the door and everything, made sure it was all okay. And of course, because we didn't work out at the time that it was the kids sitting on the drain. And I don't want to tell them that it's my kid's fault because they're going to go, well, that's your fault. Right, so Patreon they, exclusive that part right there. Yeah, so they thought <laughs> that they had fixed it, and then like two weeks later, my kids were having it because the kids usually use the other shower every now and then. I put him in our shower, 
And it happened again. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I worked out what was happening. But they fixed the roof and didn't bother like checking if like the beams and everything are all right for one. But for two, they didn't even like make sure that no more water can get through or anything. They just literally just puttied over the top of the hole. It was like, yep, yeah, that's it. Haven't painted the roof, nothing. Rentals. Am I right? Yeah, oh, that's mate. the other joy of apartment rental. Oh, when you have a problem, mm. it's barely fixed. Yes. Yeah. It can sometimes, sometimes you can have great rental people, landlords. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know who who would be who would make a great landlord? Our patrons. Yeah, you're right. Especially the F clamp level. Scott from Daddy Yourself DIY, Joe Herdina, David Wood from DW Woodbuilds, Brad from I'm Gonna Make, and Chad from Chad's Custom Creations, and everyone else who supports us. I want to say thank you very much. You're the reason we're able to continue to do this podcast. If you feel like you got one dollar of value out of this show. Uh, this episode, go on over to patreon.com slash clamp. You can sign up there. If you're worried, because I feel like this is like the worry people have is that because we do a per episode thing, because a long time ago, that seemed like the way to go. And then Patreon changed everything to try and beat subscription monthly based, but they won't let us change to a monthly based despite us wanting to. Uh, if you're worried that like, we're going to like charge you a whole bunch of money uh, per a uh, month or whatever, you can set a limit. So if you sign up as a $1 uh, patron, you can set a $4 per month limit on Patreon. And that way you'll never get charged more than $4. In saying that, please don't sign up for the high tier and set your limit to $4. Don't. Okay. Edit that out. Is that because that's, I don't want anyone to ever think that's a possibility. Edit that out. <laughs> Um, we we have had people do that. Oh, I know. I didn't. That's multiple. Like oh, no, Jesse didn't know. Not work. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be an option, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I guess well, so. That's uh, why they've Patreon switched. Doesn't have QA testers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no. So it's like you get the the benefit you get is. Yeah. Anyways, it is silly. So we can see like if somebody signs up that way. Anyway, don't don't put that in there because I don't want people to think they can even do it. If they do it. <laughs> We will go in there, and I'll I'll talk to them like I've talked to every other one. We, we had people like sign up as a F clamp level and put the monthly max at five. Oh, yeah, that just seems Which like is, it should be impossible. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yep. so if you want to support, if you can't support us on Patreon, no, I'm going to start that over. So we'd really appreciate your support over there. You also, with that support, you get access to the. Uh, the after show, as well as a uh, Patreon exclusive leather keychain that I make myself, which by the way, I owe a couple people some keychains. So thank you so much for that. You also get entered into the Gnome Hammer monthly draw. So everyone who is our Patreon gets one entry. Uh, it's a great thing. Uh, if you're interested in getting one of those, uh, the hammers that Gnome Hammer is making, he also has his own Patreon where you can get. Uh, even more entries into that. So I just want to confirm because I didn't realize this. This is ongoing. I thought it was just for one month. No, forever. Oh, sweet. As long yeah. as he's doing it and offering it to us, it will be a it'll be a thing. So if you would, nice. are interested, sign up because you could get an awesome hammer from Gnome Hammer. Mm-hmm. You could be as cool as me and <laughs> use your hammer incorrectly. 
Uh, so yeah, head on over to patreon.com slash clamp. If you can't support us financially, we completely understand. We just appreciate you listening. We'd appreciate everyone who shows, who shares the show, especially Dave Bauer, who specifically shared the show and said, I was awesome. I would like everyone else to do the same. Tell everyone how awesome I am. And now clamp mendation. My clamp mendation this week is in shitification. It is the 2023 word of the year. It is, there's an article about it where it was coined. Uh, and I, we will link to the article, but uh, it is a word that basically talks about how social media platforms uh, turn themselves into shit. And everyone should use the word. And yeah, so go go read the article that we're going to link uh, and just search in certification. You'll understand. Okay, well, I've got a bit of a weird one this week. Um, it's not necessarily a person slash podcast or whatever, but the uh, Psychopedia podcast on their Patreon, they sort of swap roles. And the guy did an episode on someone called the Sky King. Um, who was a guy that worked at an airport and he stole a plane that was getting work done and took it for a joyride. He, um, it was a, I've got, the, I've got a thing here. It's Horizon Air Bombarder Dash 8 Q400 airliner from Seattle Tacoma International Airport. Um, so he was like at a low point of his life. He just wanted to have fun. So he literally taxied this plane, took off, and flew around for like hours and just kept flying around. He did like the first ever barrel roll and backflip in an airliner plane and then crashed it into an island. But like, so essentially just research the guy because like this story is insane. And like, he's so genuine. Like you can listen to apparently on YouTube and everything. It's got like the air calls. So like the air control and everything. (laughs) And he sounds so genuine. He's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, like, I'm really like so sorry and everything. Like he's so sorry for everything he did, but like, but yeah, he, um, it's just a, such a crazy story. So cool. But yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That story is mm. fucking crazy. I can't remember what podcast I heard it on, but I remember Googling and being like, did this really happen? Yeah. It did. <laughs> yep. How, how he, how the hell he like took off and flew and everything. Like it's, it's nuts. Yeah, he did Which much more than made me think. someone could. Well, it really made me think, right? Because like, so I work on trains and we have a key and every and the trains have a passcode. So I have to put my key in and then I've got to put in the passcode. Do plane, are planes just free for use? Like, do they not have no like, a key or anything? Or like, <laughs> it just made me think, like, is there no security stopping someone from just walking into a cockpit and taking off? Surely the planes have something. To log in, like maybe because yeah. it was apparently getting work done on it, so maybe it was keyed in by like a technician or something. But like, maybe it seems Good weird question. that he could just walk onto a plane and drive off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, now I want to Google. Do planes have keys? But I, I'm not going to do that. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the after show. Yeah. Um. So my recommendation for this week is another Instructables author, and this is also a guy who was a longtime Instructables employee. Also, um, Mike Asaris. Hi, Mike, if you're listening to this. Uh, he is pretty much amazing when it comes to anything makery. Um, 
I love all of his projects because he sort of embodies what Instructables was in the very beginning, where it was just like weird off the wall stuff that people were like, well, I can do it. So why not? Um, and that part of our site is kind of missing these days. So Mycosaurus is where it lives on, I think. Um, he was in the Instructables design studio with me for a long time. He was my manager for a while. He's a really great guy. And something that I think our audience will especially like is that he wrote a book called Cut in Half, where he essentially uses a water jet to cut things in half. Um, and it's just, it's so fascinating. So, you know, if you like how it's made or any show like that, I would recommend checking out Cut in Half because yeah, there's just so many things you don't see normally. Yeah. Cool. What's his name? Uh, Mike Asaris, his name is Mike Warren. Okay. So Mike Warren is much easier to find as an author than Mike Asaris. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I found a Mike Warren. Is this the guy? Yep. Uh, yeah. So I'll hold my answer to the uh, do, do planes have keys to the after show? Yeah. But right now, I think we're going to go into the Jesse section of Ask Us Anything. Ask Us Anything question for this week comes from Warren Matten. What's the best pet for a maker? Either of y'all have a vote? I don't I'll let him, no. I'll let him go for it. I want to say a well-trained dog. <laughs> but I feel like that's just like a bit of a cop-out that all makers, if they have a pet, have that. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like a dog is the best. I don't, I don't really like. And unless it's what? like the type of dog that can go into the kitchen, open up the fridge, and get me a beer. Otherwise, okay. Well, I'm just going to say my favorite animal, which I think you guys can have as pets in America, maybe with a license, but you can't have here. A well-trained that can pass me tools, monkey. Oh, oh, damn I want a monkey. I was say, that's the best trained, best pet for a maker. I was going to say a monkey. So I saw a monkey like. <laughs> That uh, it was like at a zoo, but now he like works on cars. Mm. And he like, I don't know. I saw like a TikTok of him changing tires. It wasn't TikTok, a Facebook reel of a monkey changing tires. And I went, so yeah, wild. that's the best pet for a maker. <laughs> okay. So two monkeys. <laughs> then. Um, so I am honestly. Two monkeys say in elderly. a pizza place. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't get that reference either. No. <laughs> Must be a Canadian thing. Maybe. Uh, so yeah. Ryan Reynolds' like first show was like two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. But oh. anyways. yeah, what's like a sort of a monkey? <laughs> I uh, so I, <laughs> no, <laughs> I am gonna vote for elderly dog <laughs> because I think that they are the best. Um, R.I.P. Roscoe, you are the sweetest angel that ever existed. Our dog Roscoe was so chill. He would follow me around everywhere. He wouldn't lay on stuff I was using. He wouldn't eat anything. Like, so yeah, a really chill elderly dog is really the best because Luna, my cat, has destroyed more stuff than I could even say. Yeah. So, like, if you couldn't get a monkey, I think the best pet for a maker would be like a fish. <laughs> because, I, like, I, it's like you're either in the way or you're helpful. And I, I that's the only two yeah. options I got. I thought of that, but then I thought if you're a woodworker or whatever, you're going to have dust going into their tank. Oh, no. You'll suffocate them. <laughs> That's not. Because yeah. I thought the same thing. You obviously don't know how to make the the 
fish tank on the other side of a wall. Yeah, but that's okay. Well, I'm thinking of a pet that's with you. It's not. Yeah, it's not with you in the workshop. Pet the pet. The pet has to be with you in the workshop. No, you 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 put you build a wall that there's a, a screen in the wall so the fish you could see the fish the fish could see you but all of the, like the shits on the other side you've never seen a fish tank like that i feel i feel like there's definitely like other animals that are better for that like a bearded dragon in a cage would be better he's going to get dusty as fuck too yeah but he doesn't he's not in water that's going to be a shit of a pain to clean and stuff i don't know What's like a what's an animal that lives in dust? Like it lives in like a, hamster a hamster or something? Yeah, <laughs> it could just it could just live on the floor in the wood chips. You know, a ferret would I'm sure enjoy it. There mm. is there is one. Oh no, I cannot come up with the. There's there is a little like rodent that does do dust baths, and I am just completely blank right now. I had I knew somebody who knew, had two of them. Why can I not? A chinchilla. They look like little peak chinchilla. Yes, yeah. There you go, chinchilla for the wood shop. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I want to thank uh, Warren Matten for the uh, the question. I want to thank TF Turning for the theme song. I want to, uh, you know, if you want to find us anywhere, you can go to Clapcast on all the social media platforms that matter. And uh, if you'd like, uh, head on over to one of the uh, review places and submit a review, and hopefully we'll see it and read it. And if not, we won't see it, we won't read it, but we'll say thank you for the review. Until next time, cheers. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye.